Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right. It is that time once again at Tuesday, 2 30. Awesomeo.com, PGA, DFS show, <laughs> Bermuda Championship Edition. I didn't think I'd ever get to say that. Kind of wish I didn't ever say that in my life, but here we are. Myself, Ben Razek, here with fantasy golf man, Tim Frank. I'll be honest. Uh, I thought that the Masters was on deck. It's not. It's a couple weeks away. I thought Houston was this week. I didn't know the Bermuda Championship existed, and now it is here. What a great, pleasant surprise, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's a real, the gift that keeps on giving. I mean, this is right in my wheelhouse this week, so we are excited. We are not anything. You are very excited. Uh, And we're going to lean on you. You say all the time, and I don't disagree with this. When we're talking about the masters and the majors, you're choosing between the best players in the world. The edges are minimal if there are any. At a field like this, there is a giant skill gap from top to bottom. And I I, I know you said this many times. You actually like that for DFS. I, I love it. I mean, like last week, I thought was a great example it's a strong field, small field, but I mean, there was, you know, any of the top 20 guys in that field were live and, and probably deeper than that. But it's like, you know, I mean, how do you determine between Rom, JT, Rory, um, Morikawa, Webb, as you go down the line? I mean, these guys are almost interchangeable, you know, from a, a win equity perspective. I mean, obviously some guys more likely to win than others, but are we shocked that Cantley came out and won that event? No, not at all. This, this week, I feel like it's a little easier to pare down the player pool. There's guys, you know, near the top where you just feel fine Xing out. It doesn't feel like, I don't know, man, anybody over AK is live. And that's how it felt last week. That's how it feels at majors for me this week. I mean, I like it when it's like, boy, I can only find a couple guys to really build around. I mean, that's, that, that's more at my alley. And we're back to, this is a, a full field. It's a cut. Uh, we've had a couple weeks of non cuts and it was all right to change it up, but I'm glad we get back to business. Uh, did you watch, I caught a little of Sunday late uh, JT just didn't really have it. He made a lot of mistakes on the back nine uh, Rom kind of similar. He was in great position on the par five and blew it. Can't like just took it basically. Uh, did you happen to catch the end of it? I did not watch much. It was, uh, I, I, mistakes were made yes. last week for me, <laughs> starting off with uh, buying into course fit. Uh, that just crushed me. Um, you know, I thought really it was a place where the shorter hitters would do great. And after like round one, I felt like I was on the right track. I'm like, after seeing the course, 
uh, seeing who was up near the lead. But you know what? Over a four-round span, you know, the best players in the world, the yep. cream is going to rise to the top. There wasn't a lot to that course that really um, – I don't know what you want to negated people using the driver. It wasn't like a Harbor town, like we talked about last week, where it's really constricting. Um, and in the end, you just saw the longer hitters kind of overwhelm that course. So, you know, I don't know. I made the mistake of really buying into course fit, got me off of guys like JT, got me off of guys like Bubba champ, but whatever we move on. So no, I was more into uh, college football and NFL than I was uh, golf by Saturday. Yeah. There was a lot on that front. Um, Listen, it's the Zoizo. I I didn't think there was much to talk about. You saw the best players in the world play like it towards the end. And then, you know, again, non-cuts get a little weird because you've got guys that are 15 shots back, but they scored really well and they're doing better than guys who were in like 15th. It just gets a little hectic. Uh, I don't have much to take away. We also, I believe there's only one guy who played last week that is in this field, and that is the defending champ, Brendan Todd. Yeah, you really barely ever see that. Um, yeah, so yeah, I mean, last week, it doesn't really is irrelevant for, for this week completely, unless you really want to do a deep dive on how Brendan Todd um, attacked the Zoiso. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think we're going to – the show may not be the longest ever, but we will do more than just talking about Brendan Todd. We're going to talk about Port Royal Golf Club, uh, par 71 that we have here in Bermuda. Uh, you should have known that considering it's called the Bermuda Championship. Tim, what do you know about this course? I mean, we've only seen it – or at least I'm only familiar with it once. Uh, what, what goes on at, here at the Bermuda Championship? Yeah, so last week – or last week, last year – uh, the first time they played this event, uh, 6,800 yard par 71, um, short coastal track, Bermuda greens, um, you know, so all the specs and the layout and everything would lead you to believe, yeah, this is a course where the short hitters have a chance and Brendan Todd, you know, winning at 24 under, um, you know, that made a lot of sense, but there was a good mix of guys at the top. I mean, like Brian Gay was up there for a while, some other short hitters, but you had, um, Aaron Wise, Scotty oh, yeah. Scheffler. And I, and I just think this all goes back to, and we've talked about this every week, every week. The game has changed so much. Um, you know, all the great players are longer hitters. And, and no matter what the course is, even if there are guys that rely on their length, like Aaron Wise, like Scotty Scheffler, they're just great players. And yeah, they can negate some of their advantage. But, and especially coming off of last week, I'm just, I'm done just totally getting off of guys because I think the driver is not going to be important. So yes, this is a course where short hitters have every chance. And and we can say that, but I'm not counting out anybody uh, just because I don't think it's a driver heavy course and it's not. Yeah. I think what it really comes down to for me, there's going to be some courses during the year where I basically count out short hitters. I'm never, there's not going to be any courses where I count out the drivers. It's just going to be the other way. This is a course that won't do that. It's open to everyone, but it's not to say because the short hitters can thrive here that the drivers of the ball, uh, very aggressive drivers can excel and won't excel. Yeah, that's a great point. I think from here on out, we can X out the short hitters at some place, but we're never Xing out yeah. the bombers. Um, from a, a difficulty standpoint, I don't, you know, if the wind gets up here, I think it can play a lot harder than it did last year. 24 under for Todd. Harry Higgs was 20 under. They kind of took this place apart. Yeah, I'm seeing there could be a little bit of wind and maybe a lot of wind on the weekend. It's not something that I'm really factoring in right now. 
Um, but there's a possibility that it plays more difficult than it did last year. I would say so. Um, not surprisingly, the only defense is the win. The greens are very slow. Uh, it has some, honestly, it kind of reminded me of some of the courses they play in Europe in the sense of like, they have to slow down these greens because it's a coastal track. It can get very windy. If the wind isn't up, there's no defense. We see that in Europe all the time. When those courses, the wind doesn't blow, those guys tear it apart. That's what will happen here if it's not really windy. So, Where's Graham McDowell when you need him? Uh, this, is I know. A, this is a GMAC week. It really is. Coastal um, God. Yeah, the, yeah, he is the coastal God. I, it's it's interesting. Where is Harry Higgs? Is, he's not here, is he? He's too good to play here. Yeah, he, he is really <laughs> honestly too good. Wise had to come back. Um, yeah, listen, I don't think this course is that interesting to really talk about. It's pretty standard. It's short. You mentioned it. The wind is the factor. We'll talk about that tomorrow night. Uh, not worth getting into on a Tuesday, but let's jump into it. Uh, we've got the tiers. We're going to start, obviously, in the 10K plus. We've got five guys. Todd is 11, um, 11-1, and then you've got Will Z, HV3, Redmond, and Grio. Uh, listen, this is the this is the best we got in this field. I mean, I think the masses are going to go to, to Will Z, and I don't hate that. To, for me, I'll get it right off. I like Doc Redman and, and Grio a little more than most. I think uh, you save some money, and I don't see a big difference between those guys and Zalatoris. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think clearly the best play is Doc Redman, and that's that's my opinion, obviously. But I just think from a price perspective, um, from a consistency and ball striking perspective, and from we've seen upside out of him the guy has three top three finishes and what is I don't know a span of like 14 16 months maybe um so he's flashed um the ball striking has been good you know a little bit volatile he missed the cut at the Shriners um but was awesome he was good at Sanderson Barb's t28 awesome at the Safeway t6 came 10 10.1 with the ball striking then he had a missed cut at Northern Trust but then he was awesome at Wyndham game 9.2 with the ball striking where he came in third. So a little bit up and down, but I kind of like that. I mean, I think in a weak field, I think a guy who, you know, we've seen him knock on the door a couple of times. And that's the problem I have with, you know, HV3 and, and even Grillo is, you know, how often has, have these guys really, really been in contention? Now I know Grillo has the one win, um, but even HV3, it's like, yeah, he strikes it well and he has good weeks, but I can't remember a lot of weeks where he's been like, wow, it's like, he's knocking on the door. We're really expecting this win uh, to come. So for me, it's, it's Redmond at the top. And then, I mean, you know, I've been a little slow to come around on Zalatoris, but I mean, you know, what we've seen out of him uh, on the PGA tour has been phenomenal. You know, he has the one miscut at the Sanderson, but the ball striking was fine there. I mean, he was fifth at Shriners gained seven strokes. He was eighth at Punta Cana. Uh, he was sixth at the U.S. Open game, 9.3. So I think for me, it's Redmond and then Zalatoris at the top. Yeah. Listen, Will Z, he's, it's just a smaller sample size. That's my only concern. Um, he's going to have some miscuts. All these guys are. There's no one truly safe in this field. So I expect him to be the most popular of them. But I think yeah, I, I took a look at the ownership yeah. projections. And I mean, it's early, but if, if he's, at an astronomical ownership, I, I obviously have no problem fading him. Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to ask you about Todd. I mean, is it like, could we just go full galaxy brain? And is he going to be that low owned to where yes. it's like, um, maybe he's a, uh, in a weird way, a good play because he's like 6% owned. So I get it. 
I think if you're building a lot of tournament teams, uh, you can go there. His Tita Green game has been really bad lately, though. That's the problem. It's starting to really creep in. His putter is keeping him afloat. The ownership is going to be interesting. I mean, I am no way. There is nothing. He looks like an awful play. If you look at anything. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he so. looks terrible. Um, and like you said, he hasn't gained more than one. He hasn't had a positive ball striking performance of like plus one since the Travelers. It's been uh, a lot of negatives uh, and big negatives or, or right around zero. Um, but yeah, I was just thinking if he, he seems like a candidate to come in at like a ridiculous ownership for the the most expensive guy, but he on paper looks like a terrible player. Yeah, he listen, both of those things are going to be true. He's he's going to be v- probably the lowest owned top price player of the year. I think that's a pretty fair assessment. And I think it's probably warranted considering the guys below him all are big time scorers, very aggressive drivers. Will Z playing great. Redmond's got a couple, you mentioned top tens. HV3 and Grio, although they haven't threatened, I, I'd have to say they, they are the most consistent cut makers we have in this field. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I think Grio, it, consistency, there, you, you're not going to say anything. I mean, if you're, the, the problem with me is can he come inside the top 20? It's just like him and him and Decky have this like ceiling for some reason where it's just, yeah. I, I don't know what's going on with them, but the, and the course fit, you know, I, I said, I was going to get away from course fit, but it does seem like a great course for him. I just, boy, 10, one is, is tough for me. It is because unlike when he is in the mid range, you can live with 23rd, 28th, 33rd. Like if he comes in 33rd this week, you really need these guys up top to miss cuts most likely. And that's a tough ask. So uh, you could be giving up a lot there. Those are the options we have. Now, if you don't want to go there, you can of course start in the nine K range, <laughs> but it's not much better. I'm not going to lie. You've got Charlie Hoffman putting God, Denny McCarthy Stenson, who I'm sure you're going to have a lot to say about Tringali uh, Ventura Mulnati. My goodness. Uh, first thing I got to go to Stenson's him. What do you make? I, I know he's struggled, but he's still the biggest name in this field, and he's 9,300. Yeah, well, let me start by saying, I swear to God, they made the pricing. They had nobody in the 9K range, and they just picked six random guys from the sevens and, and, and made a 9K range out of them. Because this is, I mean, it is horrendous, atrocious. I can't even think of another way to put it. And so by default, I guess I'm going to Stenson in this range at 9,300. Um, he hasn't been that bad. Yeah, he missed the cut at Sanderson Farms, but gained 2.1 with the ball striking. So he, it, it wasn't bad. And he was T21 at Corrales. Um, and just the other names in here. I mean, yeah, we could see Hoffman flash in a really weak field. He's a scorer. Um, McCarthy seems like he's... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pulled off. And then Tringali? I have no idea where that price came from. I would never pay 9K for Malnati. I know he's playing well. Um, so for me, this is a range that I hate. Um, but a little bit of interest in Stenson, just because he's a huge name. Um, 
and I don't think he's playing as poorly as it looks on paper. Um, so yeah, good, good price, probably a decent course for him. You know, he's not the longest dude around, doesn't smash the driver. So this should be a decent fit. So for me, it's Stenson, but this is a range that I absolutely hate. What about, so you've kind of gone through everybody. I just want to ask you, it's more of a general question with Ventura. Where do you see him kind of in the hierarchy? Like, do you, do you put him with guys like Redmond and Burns and those types? Do you think he's a notch below that? Does he belong where he's probably starting to get it together? He's made uh, four out of five cuts, missed it at the Shriners, but he's shown some flashes. Yeah, no, I'm not ready to put him there with Redmond. I mean, I'm really high on Redmond just from what we've seen out of the ball striking yeah. and, and also his ability to actually contend in tournaments. I don't know, Ventura, I, I'm just not there on him. He seems to do it in a variety of different ways. He has a lot of good finishes. A lot of them are on the corn Ferry tour. I'm not sure, you know, how to kind of reconcile that. Um, Cause he's kind of bounced back and forth a little bit this year. So now I'm, I'm not in on Ventura. I, I think that he's an interesting guy to look at maybe in the outright market. Um, he's got some top end talent. He scores. I'm not overly excited to go there, but again, we have to, I have to try to remind myself and separate like on paper, there's almost no one in this field that you're going to be excited about playing because everybody looks overpriced. It's a product of the weak field. Um, now I will say if Malnati was like 7,000, I don't think I would have been like, wow, he's really cheap. Um, I, I'm stunned to see him in the $9,000 range for me. I think it would be McCarthy and Stenson. We, we know how good of a putter Denny is the ball striking is going to be hit and miss, but he just saves himself so often, especially on Bermuda. He's just unbelievable. It's a true advantage that he has over basically everyone in the field. So uh, last question, and then we can keep it moving. Do you, do you feel comfortable starting with someone like Stenson or do you think that he's more of a second man in? I think he's a second man in because, you know, I, we say everybody feels overpriced and, and Zalatoris does a little bit, but I mean, I expected that. I, I feel like you're giving up a lot by starting with Stenson. I mean, I think you really need to get one of Zalatoris, Redmond, or even Grio in there. Um, and it's just not a week where I feel like a balanced build. There's not other guys I like that would fit a balanced build. That's great starting with Stenson or starting with a guy that's 9,300 in a week like last week or a major where it's like, wow, we can just load up on all these eight and nine K guys. And they all have great win equity. There's just not other players. I like that would fit that build. I think that's the problem for me. Yeah. I mean, the opportunity cost, it's like, Oh, you avoid the six K range. The seven K range is not good either. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah, uh, What are we going to do? Like a Stenson, Russell Knox, <laughs> Sepp Straka. Like, wow, that's yeah. not, that's not really exciting for me. no, no, that's not the answer. Uh, a couple of things that are the answer, though. I will say, hey, chat, even in the Bermuda, you guys are here, and we appreciate that as always. I haven't said, I'm always going to ask for likes, but I also, if you haven't, hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel. That helps us out a ton, and it's going to help you guys. Hit the notification bell. You'll know when all our shows go live. Uh, just We have so much content, uh, especially video content. We want you guys to stay informed, and it does help out the channel. So if you're not subscribed to uh, the Awesome YouTube channel definitely uh, give that can hit that button uh, right there. Other thing we've got going on Halloween 
promo pumpkin $10.31 for an Osmo Plus Platinum Weekly Pass. Uh, Basically $20 off the original price. It's going to provide full access to all the Osmo Plus features, projections, ownership, premium slack, the lineup builder, all this stuff. Obviously, it's good through Halloween on 1031. It's just a little way to celebrate the, uh, the old holiday around here. Nightbot's got me covered. So you can click that link. Get on in and try us out for, for a really nice price here. College game day at Augusta. I saw that. That's going to be actually insane. Um, keeping it moving. <laughs> this is when I saw the pricing, honestly, you're the first person I thought of when I saw this. So going to the 8K ranges, <laughs> we got Norlander, but this is the guy. Rasmus is here. He's 8,800. We're going to get to the rest of the range, but I want to stop the show and talk about him specifically. I know you're kind of like me in the sense we usually don't play guys blind. Now, this is someone I've had my eye on in Europe, as a lot of people have. What do you do with a guy that we've never seen, basically? Uh, and 8,800, how do you feel about that price? Uh, well, we did see him. We saw him at the U.S. Open, and he was awful. We saw him for two days. <laughs> saw him for two days, and he was terrible. Um, you know, and then he played in the Scottish Open T48, missed the cut at the BMW PGA. Um, so no, I'm, I'm not there. He came out super hot. But as I said before, those first few European tour events out of the gate were really, really bad fields. Um, and he played great, but he beat up on some awful, awful fields, uh, came over to the US Open, missed the cut. I joke. I mean, like, that's fine. I don't make a ton of that. It would have been nice to see him play well. But then he played in a couple better fields, BMW, PGA, very strong European tour field, didn't play well. You know, I'm sure he's a young stud. I'm sure one day he's going to be great. Um, but the fact where he has kind of cooled off when he faced tougher competition. Now, this is another weak field, but I'm not ready to go in on him at 8,800 here. I'm, so it's tough. I, I'm with you mostly. I, I don't think I have a ton of interest. I will say, just for just to speak to everything, you're right. He had some big time finishes in some weak fields, but then he went to, I'm going to call it the, you know, the, the England, the British swing and played really well uh, at the, he came in second at the British masters. There were some other decent fields. They're not the top end Europe fields, but it wasn't like the, he came in sixth in Oman. That's pretty bad. Some of those fields are really weak. Uh, so let's what can I, can I check the tape on this? Go ahead. Absolutely. Get, get the tape. British, the British masters. Uh, he, he outdueled Renato Peritore, Justin Harding, and Dale Whitnell. Well, Justin Harding puts with the broomstick, so we've and got Robert, that going for us. Robert Rock, the hatless wonder. Yeah, well, I mean, that's I didn't realize that he's going to have to outduel Luke Snyderjans and Ollie uh, in this Whoa, field. No, so. no spoilers, all right? No spoilers here. I, listen. The guy, the pro, the other problem I have is people know about this guy, and everybody likes to play. Oh, you got to play the nineteen-year-old. This kid's going to be amazing. I, I actually think, you know, I'm hit and miss like everyone else with these guys. I think this guy's going to be really good, and in a couple of years, he's going to be over here. The Better interest- or worse than Matthias Schwab? Hey, he's in Cyprus this week, just tearing <laughs> it up. Um, don't hate. He's only 19. He's got some talent. There's no doubt about it. That's what I do. I hate. I hate all the great young players. Yeah, you're you're just a hater. Well, what about the next one? Because this is the guy we we know him. He was part of the Hovland, Morikawa, and Wolf. Uh, you know, was a quad, a quad, and then it became a triplet. 
What do you make of Justin Sue? His name is flying all over the industry right now, but I think it's for good reason. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's played very well. T8 at the Shriners, um, where he was right around zero off the tee. I gained 6.4 with the approach, which that will help this week. Not a huge off the tee uh, event. I don't know. Historically, I'm sure he's better off the tee. Um, but that wasn't out of the blue. I liked him uh, at the Shriners. He was T14 at Punta Cana, T21 at the Barracuda. That were his last three PGA Tour starts. And like you said, came out with pretty much all the fanfare of Wolf, Hovland, and Morikawa. Um, I like him a lot this week. He's maybe a little bit more expensive than I thought he was going to be. You could say that for almost everybody in this field. Maybe he's going to be a little bit more popular than I thought, but I mean, I really, I really like him. I mean, huge amateur pedigree seems to be turning it around weak field, been playing great. Uh, I'll take him every day of the week over Rasmus. Yeah. See, even Nelson way to put, he mentioned it. The hate. Don't hate on Justin Harding. Of course. He, he, I knew. I knew if I mentioned Harding that Nelson. He would be 12,000 like, in this field um, against these Nelson guys. Nelson has but. some bot set up that anytime anyone mentions um, Harding <laughs> on the internet anywhere, like he gets alerted. Hey, listen, you mentioned it. I think people, and, and, and partly it's because of the talent. You got to give respect to guys like Morikawa. They shifted the narrative. It used to be a guy comes on tour. He's supposed to miss a bunch of cuts, but now you know, Sue started really slow and it was like, oh my God, he's done. He's what a waste. Like, no, maybe he just started slow. He obviously has turned a corner and seems to be getting it together. I'm, I'm, I'm high on him, but so is everybody else. So we'll have to gauge that ownership working down a little bit. We've got some more, you know, guys with a little more sample size. Aaron Wise has struggled, but he played really well here last year. Scott Piercy, Luke List, Maverick, uh, Adam Shank, who makes more cuts than anyone these days. W- what do you make of these type of players who we're obviously going to need this week? Uh, yeah, put Shank in with your Grillo builds for uh, like just where you don't want anyone to finish inside the top 20. Um, I don't know. Outside of Sue, it's tough. I thought Piercy would be a sneaky play. I thought he'd be a little bit cheaper as well. Um, don't love the price tag, but he's playing well. T19 at the Shriners, gained 8.2 with the ball striking, gained 3.8 at Sanderson Farms. So I don't mind him. Uh, the price I'm not super high on. After that, I mean, I would take a shot with List. Very volatile guy, but I mean, 8,400 in this field, not a bad play. Or McNeely. Um, but those guys aren't prime targets for me. It'd be Sue and then Piercy would be my, I guess, two favorite plays in this range. Luke List is someone that we've talked about uh, kind of in the woodland bucket where I actually like to target him on shorter courses. He can limit the spraying. The problem right now for him, and it's obviously an age-old problem, in his last six events that we have data for, the best putting he's ever had was he lost two strokes. Uh, That's just really tough to compete when you're losing at least a couple strokes every time. And the irons honestly have been hit and miss. So that's the big concern. Can he give you anything with the putter? But, but you're forgetting this. You're going to gain so much mental EV by rostering him at a non-shot uh, link event. We have no shot tracker. You're going to so have no idea know? what he does. When it says putt, putt three, putt four, putt five, you're just going to assume that he had like 70 feet and not, you know, that wasn't like from eight feet. So Yeah, it's going to be a great. Always roster list at the, the, non, the non-shot tracker events. There we go. See, these are the tips of the trade. Um, God, this sweat is going to be brutal. 
Ooh, uh, you know, a weird name in this field that someone who, who kind of doesn't really fit is Danny Willett. He, he really started to get it together. I had targeted him here and there, uh, kind of around the memorial, you know, back in July. Since then, though, the form has really fallen off. But I will say he's been playing in like, you know, the PGA, the U.S. Open, things like that. What do you make a, of a guy that, you know, if he was in form and he, he looked better at BMW in Europe, would obviously be a higher salary? Uh, that's not much for me. I don't know. I'm not a huge Willett guy. I, okay. I, I, I guess I just don't have a strong feel. He didn't jump out for me not playing well. It seems like it's been – he looked like he was kind of trending for a little while, and then it never – really came about so I don't know he's a guy that I feel like just hasn't quite hasn't quite been there in a while so I, I think I'm off with it do you feel similar about Pat Perez because he's someone I looked at pretty strongly the form hasn't been great but honestly he's he's missed two straight cuts he was terrible with the putters positive ball striking in both before that he had ripped off five made cuts a ninth at Safeway 21st at Corrales I think that Pat Perez is actually really interesting this week as a tournament play He's been all over the board, hasn't he? So he like, has. Uh, bad putting, good finishes, withdraws. Uh, this kind of seems like a place where he he would play well. Um, didn't jump out at me at, at first glance, but I guess I don't mind it at AK. I mean, maybe I'm – do you see any, like, OHL in this? Yeah. Yeah, a lot. I mean, I would say uh, Mayakoba, any of the short kind of coastal Bermuda tracks, you know, Mayakoba – maybe a little bit of Sony, maybe a little bit of Harbor town, um, all, all of those. I mean, I know it's a one year sample size, but just looking at the course from last year and 6,800 yard. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Bermuda. Yeah, I see a lot of all. I mean, I think they fit in, it fits right in with all those. Anywhere where McDowell's won. Um, well, so yeah. And I mean, Pat Perez, won, you know, he's won Mayakoba yeah. uh, three top tens in the last five years there. I'm not saying that's the end all be all, but he, he does have some splits that I like. And, and if the form was even a little better, I think there would be a lot more discussion on him. The putter is suppressed. What's been fine ball striking for him lately. So at $8,000, he's the type of guy that could, I don't know, I could see him getting it going. Now the, you mentioned the withdraws, the floor is non-existent, but you're going to have to do that at some point this week. So why not take a look at Pat Perez? <laughs> 7K range. Now, Chad, I, I've done my part. I've tried to steer the ship. But Wesley Bryan is here. Uh, all right. We got a couple guys before him. And one I really want to get to. Patrick Rogers is a guy that, again, people are talking about. I like him in the betting market. He's sitting north of like 65 to 1. But the putter all of a sudden has gone ice cold what do you make of that the guy had been gaining basically automatically and now he lost seven strokes at Triners he confuses me because when he came out it was like the putter was always awful he was like a Luke List type um and that's what you had to worry about then he went on it's been an extended run of like good putting not great ball striking and now it's going back the other way I, I have no idea what to make of him I just think from a name value kind of a 
I don't want to say long-term form, but maybe the last six to 12 months playing pretty decent for 7,900 in this field. I'm not a big, I'm not a big Rogers guy. We got to, I mean, if you're, if you're playing somebody in this range, you just got to jam in West Bryant, right? Like the 30% owned West Bryant. Yeah. Go ahead. Talk about your boy. Um, I, I mean, I've been standing at this spot for like six months and now everybody else just got here. So I don't, yeah, that's what I did with Justin Herbert. Now all these slappies said, I talk anyway, go ahead. This go is ahead. the spot where it's like, I, I win nothing this week. Everybody crushes the outrights and, and all this with Wes Bryant. But I mean, all joking aside, I think he makes a ton of sense. I, he's one of the, the few guys that feels like, well, this is a great course fit. He's actually playing well. And he doesn't feel like he's overpriced at 7,800. T12 with the Shriners, game three with the ball striking. He hasn't had a negative ball striking performance since the restart, um, which is pretty shocking for him for a guy that was losing two two to four strokes. It felt like a round uh, with with the driver. He's got that straightened out. Um, You know, everything I think lines up great. I do think he's going to be incredibly popular. And this just, it's never a good week to play chalk. Uh, in PGA, um, but especially at an event like this, it just seems uh, really bad. But I mean, it, he makes all the sense in the world. The price, the course fit, um, the stats, he's just hitting it great. I think it all lines up, um, but he will be extremely popular. It's it's hard to ignore, though. Um, his big problem is there are certain courses that don't allow him to work out of trouble when he's he's below average with the driver. This is not one of those courses. Like, obviously, there's always trouble. If you hit it off the island, you're going to have a problem. (laughs) But if you don't, you can get it back in play. And I tell you what, he hasn't even been that bad off the tee lately. It's never going to be the strong suit of his game, but he's been more than serviceable. Yeah, he's been right around zero. I think, you know, a slight negative, slight positive. That's a win for him. Which for him is, yeah, it's like, uh, I mean, 180 degrees from where he was. Um yeah, and I, the, the thing that's going to make it hard for me to get away from is I feel like I've been waiting. You know, the course fits have not been good. And he's played well and hit the ball well at some places where it just wasn't a great fit for him. So I feel like I've been waiting for, like, Bermuda, Mayakoba, like, um, RSM, these places that it's just right up his alley. Um, and, he, and he's kind of ready to peak. So, of course, I'm probably eating the chalk with – with West this week, but I, I almost have to, right? It's like a brand play at this point. I listen, I really like him, and you've talked at length, and, and this is true. Wes Bryant's price got messed up because of a long term injury, and now he's starting to normalize, but I don't think he's all the way there. To me, he would belong right with like Ventura, Tringotli, you know, the low nines, I think is more where he should be. Uh, so he's going to be popular, but it's for good reason. As we work down, We've got some names. It's just the form obviously has not been there for guys like RCB. Uh, I mean, Patty Harrington is here. I don't he's, know he's, what. He's, to... he's back, man. It, yeah. He, so <laughs> three straight really good showings over in Europe. I, honestly, I mean, are, are you really considering him or is it is it just a product of he doesn't That's... score enough? And if it's easy conditions, I don't know if he can keep up. Yeah, that, that, that's the one caveat. Like, if you told me there was going to be like 30 mile an hour winds sustained for four days, I'd probably play him. Um, and then that still wouldn't matter a lot. Like last week, it would just be all the bombers crushing this place. No, I, I'm joking. I don't, I would not play him. Um, I think going down, if we're getting away from uh, Brian, uh, 
I like Straka at 7,600. Um, another guy, and, and you talk about this a lot in all sports, and we talk about it here in golf, it's like the volatility can be a good thing because it, it keeps the price down. It keeps everybody. Yeah, if, if Straka was out there gaining five, six strokes with the ball striking every week and, and finishing in the top 20, yeah, he'd be 9, 10K. It's like it's, it's hit or miss with him, but I, I think there's been more ups than downs. And I, I think it's a great price. I think the upside is there, especially in a really in a weak field. Listen, you, you said it. Obviously, it sucks to play a guy, and when he doesn't have it, you know you're looking at D, DFL in a lot of these situations. But when he does have it, you get paid off. Uh, he's an incredible ball striker. The thing I don't really understand about, and this is you, you've spoken at this like we we start labeling guys after like ten career starts. Sepp Straka was like, oh my God, what a great ball striker, but he's never going to gain strokes putting ever. Well, now he's gained strokes putting in nine of the last 11 <laughs> events and the irons actually haven't been great. Now we know he's a bad scrambler. That is around the green game is always going to be weak. If it's really windy, I think that specifically hurts him. But if you think that these guys go low, like last year, you got to take a look at Straka. Yeah, I like him. And, you know, as far as the wind and the weather goes, that's something that you really got to make that decision tonight Later. or the morning of if you want to get up real early. Um, and I try not to let that influence me too much unless it looks like it's going to be drastic. But right now, you know, Tuesday morning, I'm not factoring in weather right now. So other guys in this range, uh, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of names, various levels of, of risk tolerance. You've got guys like Tom Lewis who can go crazy low but his form is non-existent. You've got Brian Stewart, who's really shown the ability to get hot with the putter. But like a lot of guys, he's missed the last two cuts at Sanderson and Triners. You have Knox, who at one point in his career would have been good here, but again, coming off two straight missed cuts. Uh, anyone else in the mid-sevens that catches your eye? Uh, not really. I mean, I don't think it's a Wyndham Clark course, but I kind of like Wyndham Clark just from a the poor man's Bryson theory of drives the ball. Great. Can putt great. Everything else is kind of crazy, but it's like a high variance style of golf. And for 7,400 in a terrible field, you know, if he's on, um, I know you can say this about anybody, but I, you know, kind of embracing the, the volatility that he brings at a, at a cheap price in a bad field. I don't know about the course fit, but um, I wouldn't mind taking some shots with him outside of him uh, in the mid sevens. No, nobody else for me. I think Wyndham Clark's actually kind of an interesting bet because he has that gear. I just worry about the made cut equity for a guy like that. He's just all over the map. Um, He can score, but he just gets in a lot of trouble. Similar, and I I don't feel nearly as comfortable with this guy, but did you look at all at Tyler McCumber, who he had two straight fantastic events at Corrales and Sanderson Farms, and then at the Shriners, he just lost it with the Irons. So I don't know what to make of him, but... Do you have any interest in maybe backing a guy that at least has shown the ability to get in the mix? Yeah, I don't mind him. I mean, he was going into the Shriners. He was great. Second, sixth ball striking was great. I think maybe this is a little bit better course fit. Uh, Bermuda greens, I, I think should help him a little bit. I don't, I don't mind him. I looked at him, not a, not a prime target for me. I, I think in the lower sevens, I'm going right back to Doug Gim at 7,100. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, similar to Justin Sue. Uh, big time amateur pedigree came out of the gate, struggled 
pretty mightily, but is, is turning it around. 23rd at Sanderson Farms. The ball striking was good. He gained 3.7, missed the cut at Punta Cana, but he was T14 at Safeway. Good ball striking. Missed the cut at Wyndham. Good ball striking. Um, so, you know, it's been a little hit and miss. I think that's what's keeping the price down. Um, but he's showing signs, and I think he's a big-time talent for 7,100. And there's some good finishes. We're not just taking a complete shot in the dark here. No, and this is another guy. I do think this matters, similar to Justin Sue. He has amateur pedigree. Like, he's not some guy that got on tour. He was expected to be good, and he's shown some flashes. Now, the consistency is not there yet, so take that for what it's worth. But I think you have to consider that. <laughs> Kyle Stanley is also 7,100. Uh, I don't know exactly what to make of where his game is at. He's shown some signs. He's clearly not the same player he was when he would have been 12K in this field. He's gained T to green in five of six, but the last one at Triners, he lost a whopping 6.2 strokes with the irons in two days. That's not good. No, I'm pretty sure that's probably why he only played two days. Can't confirm, but I'm pretty, pretty sure. I feel like I've been down this road. I feel like every time we get in this situation of a terrible field, we get Kyle Stanley staring us in the face at 7,200 and we go there and he's just, he hasn't been good in a long time. So no, No, he hasn't. That's going to be a no for me. And and I'm going to be honest with you. I have one more guy written down from here all the way down and he's a complete punt. So you, we can, we can kind of, uh, you know, brainstorm and, (laughs) and spitball from here on out. But, um, you can bounce some ideas off me, but boy, there, there's, nothing that I like in the mid to low sixes, but okay. let's just talk. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, we'll work just, our way through it. We'll, we certainly will. Uh, so there's a couple guys. First up, Chad asked about, and I just want to pass it to you because I don't really see it, is Rob Oppenheim. Now he's been playing pretty well. He's made four of the last five cuts, 33rd at Corrales, 27 at Triners. He's a lock to lose off the tee, basically. That's not as punishing here. Do you have any interest in, in, in Rob Oppenheim? Um, I could get there. Uh, gain 2.4 at Shriners, gain five at Safeway, like uh, chat said, decent at Corrales. I just have a problem. I, I really have a problem with these guys. So I just feel like they're journeymen. And it's like, what is Rob Oppenheim? Yeah, the price is fine. And do you need him to contend? no. But it's like, I like to roster guys that I think have a chance to contend. And I feel like, yeah, if Doug Gim plays well, yeah, I could see him in the top 10 and the top five. It's like, I don't know, what 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 is the best finish you're getting out of Rob Oppenheim? He just doesn't excite me. And I've been trying to get away from guys like that, where we're just strapping on the condoms and taking the T40 and so many being happy with that. I see it. I think that the form is a little noisy just because, again, the upside is really capped. And of course you want him to make cuts. And if you knew he was going to make the cut again, you would play him, but I'm not sure that him stringing together three out of four makes him more likely to the, the, the form is not really changed from when he was missing some cuts. The one guy though, that I'm a little surprised you're not at least somewhat interested in is Jason Duffner. Uh, the course is short. The form is again, erratic, like every other guy here. But he, I feel like this would be a pretty good spot for him. He obviously doesn't need to be aggressive off the tee the greens are mega slow that should neutralize putting and tee to green he has gained in eight straight events uh it really has just been the putter 
I feel like I just have X'd him off of my spreadsheet and I, and I just need to get away from him. Um, I don't know, a little bit of Kyle Stanley-esque, right? Just, I, he's been a little better for me, at least I think. Kyle Stanley. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't mind it. I guess now that you bring him up, um, I'm sure I'm not getting excited about him at 7,100 though. All right. Well, we'll kick it to the sixes. Uh, we'll talk about some flyers. And again, tomorrow night, 830 Eastern, me and Jason Roslin, we're going to be talking lineup construction. I'm going to be talking a little, I did survive a uh, chat. So hundred left. Hopefully I can craft a Bermuda winner and get to the masters. I'm going to talk a little about my lineup tomorrow in the, uh, the finals. Uh, I will say if you guys haven't joined awesome plus and you want to, again, promo code pumpkin, uh, you can get in for a week for $10 and 31 cents. We've got so much going on with NFL college football. I'm doing a show every Saturday morning. Big 10 is here. A lot going on. Tim golden Gophers could have used you on Saturday night. Very poor, very poor, poor. by the Gophers. Very poor. You know what though? DraftKings does not want to put the, did not want to put the big 10 teams on the slate. So I did not pay attention to that game. I thought we, we need, we need big 10. We need it's big here 10 this week. DK. There we go. So we'll be, we'll be talking about, wisconsin and their fifth six string run uh quarterback but what's this guy's name boom or what's i i don't know uh anyway a couple other names that again i i'm a little surprised i, I want to get your punt chad has got a couple of names i will definitely throw out but this is a guy you bring up a lot and listen from name recognition he might be the the best guy in the sixes but his form is non-existent did you look at brandon grace okay so no, I did not look at Brandon Grace. But when somebody mentioned Rob Oppenheim, I'm just, yeah, I would take a shot with Grace over Oppenheim. Yeah, he's been awful. But, I mean, if, if he comes out and plays well, we know what his upside is. This guy's won tournament on the PGA Tour. He's won tons of tournament on the European Tour, contended in tons of majors. Yeah, he's awful. But I would rather take a shot at Brandon Grace, who's going to be 1% owned at 6,900. Than a guy like Oppenheim. So for me, it's either let's take a shot with a guy who's out of form and, but we know he has long-term pedigree or let's take a shot with a young volatile guy, uh, Kramer Hickox, somebody like that. Seamus. Seamus. Sure. You know, like, but to me, the Rob Oppenheim play where it's just like, eh, it's vanilla and we're hoping for the T35 and that's probably all you're going to get. I, I don't like that play at all. Seamus, his form is out of control. Just a couple of people asked about him. His form is all over the map. The one thing he has shown is that when he gets going, he really gets going. Uh, interesting, like first round leader type play. If you strike that round on Thursday or Friday, he's going to make the cut. If not, it could be long, long couple days. Or uh, even Keith Mitchell, another guy, form awful, but 6,700, no one's going to play him. And, and I don't like him, but if I was taking shots, that's who I would go with. Is Will, Will Gordon's going to be popular at 6,700, isn't he? I, I think that he will just because people still remember. He's a really interesting breakdown because when you step back and look, he actually may have just luck boxed at Travelers and he might not be good. He's done nothing else, really. Here's my theory on why people are going to play Will Gordon. Is everybody else in this range, we're sure they suck. He's the only guy that maybe we're not sure. So it kind of feels better. It's like, it doesn't feel good to click a guy that you know sucks, right? It's like, yeah, there's, there's this little thing in the back of your head that's like, well, maybe Will Gordon, he really, maybe he is good. So we're going to play him. I think he's going to be super popular. And I just, it was a name that kind of stuck out to me. I was like, oh, I'm looking for a cheap guy. Yeah, we'll slide Will Gordon in. I feel like a lot of people are going to do that. And 
like you said, outside of that one event, I mean, there's been nothing there with him. So I don't know if, do you have Chad up? No, I don't. Okay. So that's good. There has been one name that has been mentioned more than any other golfer so far during this show. And do you know who it is? Who? We have not talked about him yet. It is your boy, Michael Glickich. <laughs> At least 10 people have asked me about him. Uh, wow. So when you dig in, I get it. He has made a lot of cuts. Uh, he has made six out of seven. Not a lot of top 10 equities, 0 for 7 and top 10s there, but he's making cuts, playing pretty well. He has 6,500. Do you have interest there? Uh, it seems like people are really liking where his form is at. Um, yeah, I guess I don't mind him. Uh, negative one ball striking at Shriners, plus three at Sanderson Farms, missed the cut at Corrales, plus 2.5 at Safeway. Um, yeah, I could get there. I mean, not not super excited. Um, but to me, I, I think people are going the wrong direction down here of like trying to just find anybody who feels safe and like, like God, like I just need a made cut. It's like, us. Ah, let's t- take some chances. I mean, this is a really weak field. I just would rather take shots with, with guys who I think have some upside. Who is this punt that you've kind of alluded to? There, I assume we haven't talked about him yet, right? Oh, I love Ollie this week at 6,200. Oh and I'm not an Ollie guy. I've hated him. Um, <laughs> oh, great. Because just like all these other guys, like Zalatoris, it was like everybody loved him because he came out on fire like five Because he didn't ago. have a hat. That's actually why people like Ollie. That's what it is, the no hat. That's why I like him. Okay. So he's played – Completely on the Corn Ferry Tour this year. He has not played on the PGA Tour at all. Um, and he has a lot of good finishes, but he also has a lot of missed cuts. Like, he's missed his last two cuts. His last four starts are cut, cut, eighth, and a cut. But prior to that, 12th, 10th, 7th, 32nd, 8th, 17th, 5th. Um, so he has a lot of good finishes on the Corn Ferry Tour um, and a lot of missed cuts. And I think that's keeping the price way down at 6200 I did a little bit of a deep dive at his best finishes on the PGA tour. Um, so second best finish, according to world golf ranking, second at the window, third best finish was a third at Harbor town. He's got a T seven at Sony. He's got a T six at RSM. All of these are really comparable courses to Bermuda. So I think the fact of, we know he has upside. We've seen this guy contend in PGA tour events. We see him come out of the gate. He played great in majors as an amateur. He's been boomer bust on the corn Ferry tour. He's shown to like courses like this. I hate everybody below seven K anyway. So I'm going to take a shot with Ali at 6,200. Interesting. So the one thing I'll say to speak to this, I don't almost never will I play a guy who hasn't been playing on tour because I think it's just different. I think it's a step up. Ollie's already played on tour though. That's not like a corn fairy guy coming up for the first time. He's got experience on tour. He, as you mentioned, certainly he was a better player, but he competed in fields much stronger than this. The other thing to speak to it, is there really any difference between him at 62 and Tyler McCumber at 73? Uh, Sepp Straka, maybe a little, but you're talking $1,400. To me, it's almost all the same. And if you need the, if you say you really like Will Z and Redman, to me, Re, Will Z, Redman, and Ollie is a better pairing than three guys in the middle of this field. 
I agree with that. Yes. And, and normally we don't like to just pure punt, go almost down to the min in a really weak field like this. Um, and, and that is, does give me a little bit of hesitation. It's like, do we really want to do this to pay up for these guys? But honestly, below game at 7,100, I don't have a lot of conviction over anyone. Um, well, that's the thing. It's like if you took Michael Glickich versus Ali in a head-to-head, maybe you, you line it, I don't know, maybe slightly favorite for Glickich, but it's not like he's going to be minus 300. Let's be serious. You know what I mean? So, and, and the other thing is if I told you somebody finished in the top five, well, then I would, would honestly would, would think what Ali would be a favorite. I'm, yes. Um, no, there's no doubt about that. It's balancing, of course, made cut equity versus top five and top 10 equity. But I, I think what happens is in weak fields like this, everyone generally overrates the made cut equity on guys that are, have been making cuts. I'm not sure it's that much higher. So you have, obviously you have to look and you want guys in form. I'm not saying just blindly take whoever, but don't be afraid to take some shots. Uh, friend of the show, Tokyo Swan throughout Josh Teeter. That's a guy I think you could look at in tournaments. I, I don't mind that. I've seen Jonathan Bird's name thrown around. To me, that's a little much. Uh, what about, uh, what about Andrew Putnam? This it's guy, terrible, Where is off, terrible off the TA. I've Andrew seen his name bounced around a, a little bit this week. Okay, this guy, this guy has gained. <laughs> this guy has gained T to green once since COVID began. Just <laughs> for the record, since January, uh, he has gained once T to green. That's a no. Now he's also only lost strokes putting once. In, in basically the calendar year. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not getting there. I've, I've just seen some names throw. But see, to me, when you start playing guys like Putnam, you're going down the course fit rabbit hole that I'm never, never going down again. Were you ever a Sangmoon Bay kind of guy? No. no. Has anybody ever been a Sangmoon Bay guy? I know a couple people that like to play this guy. Uh, it's a dangerous game. He's shown a little form. He was 35th at Barracuda, 28th at Corrales. Uh, he got derailed. He John Oda. I remember betting John Oda on the Corn Ferry Tour for like 10 weeks straight. I think it was the beginning of last season, and he was supposed to be the next big thing. The next Sang Moon Bay. He, he never materialized. I just saw that he's in this field. Yeah, there's a lot of guys down here. And listen, you can go. This is where you got to be careful. You can start throwing out, oh, Dominic Bazzelli and Bird and, and Reen Gibson has shown some form. Like, you got to be careful. I'm not saying don't play these guys. You got to find one. For Tim, it's Ollie. Uh, for me, I'm probably going to try to get a little north and get to guys like Seamus and Duff. I like Duffner more than you, no doubt about it. Certainly, Gim uh, is in the conversation. And the other thing, the last thing, and, and we'll kind of transition and we'll bounce on out of here. Keep in mind, there, there is a real chance that there's a serious weather split that we have to consider. So if you're down to a couple of flyers, you have to look and say, okay, one of these guys is supposed to play in the miserable weather. That's something we have to at least consider. Yeah, I'm hoping we don't get to that. Cause me nothing, too, because it never works. Nothing tilts me more. It's fine if it's going to be windy the whole time. Or even if the wind's coming on the weekend, there's not much you can do about that. But uh, nothing worse than trying to, figure out whether you need to blow everything up and play a bunch of guys you didn't want to play because it's. And then it never materializes. Never, never materializes. I can't remember the last time I've successfully navigated a, a wind 
split. Uh, it's just brutal, but all right. Final thoughts before we bounce on out of here for, for the Bermuda championship. Uh, for me, it's really just understanding that recent form and things like that are, they're not irrelevant, but you have to understand the strength of fields. Like certain guys in the field, they've played the U S open recently and the PGA and stuff. Well, missing the cut there, they didn't get the opportunities to play a Corrales and, and the Barracuda. Like if they played there, we would see top fives. Probably other guys haven't played since those tournaments. And it, maybe it looks like they've strung together, um, you know, better recent form just because of the level of competition. So just consider that when you're building this week. Yeah, that is a great point for me. It's I, I'm focusing on the younger guys. Um, maybe guys that have been more erratic, but I feel like have some upside in a really weak field, a, a field where we're just not confident in anyone. Um, I'm, I'm going with that over some of the old crusty veterans who were just hoping for a T40. So for me, t- take some shots with the young guys. And I, and I think this is a good week for that. I mean, wait, it's like, who the hell really knows? I mean, Brendan Todd is 11K. He's the most expensive player this week. Do you know anything? Not that we're certainly don't play this guy, but for the perfect closing question for you, do you know anything about Ollie's brother? I know nothing about Neither his do brother. I. No. Is, is it like a Brooks Kepka chase Kepka thing? What I was they just let him in the field because, because uh, they want brother Ollie. was playing. It's like, we really want Ollie. So let's get, uh, let's get Luke in here. Yeah. I don't know much about him. Uh, I was just wondering if he's, a t- I mean, certainly he's not playable. So. Oh boy. It's going to be very, very interesting. And I'm excited to actually dig in and construct some lineups and and at least look on how I would do this for tomorrow night, 830 Eastern. Me and Jason Rosen will be answering your questions, chat, talking ownership, leverage, looking at Alex's tools uh, and seeing everything that we can find. Listen, we're going to be flying blind. There's no shot tracker. There's no strokes gain data. It's just one of those weeks, but it's an even playing field. So we will do the best we can hit the like button on your way out. We appreciate you guys. Follow us on Twitter. You got our handles right below. Obviously follow Awesome for all the latest news and information. Good luck, everyone. Hope you win it big. We'll see you next week for the Shell Houston Open. Don't think it's called that anymore. Same time, same place. <laughs>